On this episode of the Catholic Echo Podcast from the Diocese of Youngstown, we're talking with Bishop David Bonner about his new pastoral letter, Practicing Faith, Hope, and Love, Living the Virtues Together in Tough Times. Find more about this episode's topic, including the pastoral letter and articles from the Catholic Echo at catholicecho.org slash podcast. And now the host of the Catholic Echo Podcast, Father Jim Corda. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Echo Podcast. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Our show is brought to you by the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and Cumulus Media Youngstown. With me is Bishop David Bonner. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much, Father Corda. It's great to be here. You know, when you first became our bishop in January of 2021, about 100 days later, you wrote a pastoral letter. And now, this past Pentecost 2023, you issued a second pastoral letter. And we're going to spend some time talking about that second letter right now. I want to remind the folks the title of it. It's Practicing Faith, Hope, and Love, Living the Virtues Together in Tough Times. There's really a lot of things for us to unpack in that title. But first, why did you issue a second pastoral letter? Well, first of all, I love to write, (laughs) to be honest with you. But I think I just wanted to bring continuity to that first pastoral letter, and I think a bishop always needs to be in dialogue with his people. It also happened that the timing of this letter coincided with the 80th anniversary of the Diocese of Youngstown. And so anytime there's an anniversary, it's always an opportunity to reflect and to look back. And what I want to look back at is just the faith, the hope, and the love of so many who've walked before us, which is really a foundation for where we are today. What I like about your first pastoral letter and your second pastoral letter is that you are not afraid to confront things. You know, your first pastoral letter talked about confronting darkness using the light of Jesus Christ. And so, of course, this was out of the pandemic. You know, we were in the darkness of the pandemic. And now we're talking about living the virtues together in tough times. Realistically, we have to address those tough times. We can't like sweep them under the rug and believe that they're not there. What are some of the tough times that people are going through that you're really addressing and you're lifting up? Well, I think, first of all, I just want to say something about reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pope Francis in The Joy of the Gospel speaks about reality, and he invites us to live in reality. And that's been a mantra for me as we deal with the situations in our parishes where we do not have necessarily the means for some of the mission, where we've had a multiplicity of church buildings. Mm -hmm. So I think that is one of the realities. This is not the same community that it was 20 or so years ago. There's also just the, the widespread economic impact of unemployment, of drugs, of violence. In the aftermath of the pandemic, we still don't know the impact, the full impact of the pandemic with all of its isolation and fear and anxiety and just the whole idea of mental health. There's a lot of darkness. And I think when we experience those tough times, those dark moments, we draw, at least for people of faith, we draw on special virtues. And as you had pointed out, we draw upon these theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. Let's focus now on faith. You know, I like the term that faith as personal, communal, and active. So why do we need to have a personal faith? And first of all, faith 
in Jesus Christ. Well, faith is personal in as much as it involves a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as a relationship, it is a dynamic reality. It is something that is not meant to be stagnant, but is meant to be fed. It's not something we contain just to ourselves. Faith demands an expression. And faith is always enhanced by a communal sense. We go to Mass as individuals, but we gather as a community of believers. And there's a great strength we draw from knowing that we are not alone as we walk our faith journey, even though it can be very challenging and scary at times. You know, as you were talking, one thing that comes to mind is that when we gather as Catholics around the table of the Lord on the Lord's Day, that we do that together. We don't gather in isolation. You know, we may have our particular pew that we sit in, or we may have certain people that we talk to, but we're there together. We're there as the body of Christ gathered around the altar to celebrate the Eucharist and the Word. And that communal aspect is really something that we have to always keep in mind, because if we don't, we lose that connectedness. We lose that, what I like, and the word that you use often is accompaniment. You know, if we don't have that, then we're kind of walking alone. And no one should be walking alone. We should walk together on this journey. And let's talk about faith as being active, because there's nothing worse than a faith that's just like sitting there getting dust. Why does faith need to be active? We know that when we leave Holy Mass, we're sent out. We're sent by the priest or the deacon to go and proclaim the gospel, to glorify God with our lives, to go in peace, to take the peace that we have received in the word and sacrament and share it with others. And Pope Francis has reminded us how important it is to go to the farthest corners of the world, to the peripheries. So faith is not meant to be possessed, it's meant to be shared. And it's almost a paradox. It grows by virtue of the fact that we open ourselves and extend ourselves to others and pass that on. One thing that I'd like us to kind of lift up is the faith that has been passed on for generations, but also more personally, faith that's been passed on through our own families, through our own grandparents and parents. How important is that to embrace that faith that they've given us and to actively, communally live that faith. Because we know today a lot of people are not practicing their faith. So how can we ensure that that faith that was passed on by our grandparents and parents remains active in us? Well, I appreciate the connection you make to the family because not only is that the domestic church, Mm -hmm. but it really is the first classroom of faith. And I think if you were to engage in conversation with anyone about the faith, inevitably at some point the conversation would revert back to their experience in the home, praying together as a family, perhaps the rosary or grace before meals, Mm -hmm. or just the, the sacramentals and the images that would fill the home, or going to Sunday Mass and then coming home and Mm -hmm. having breakfast together. We need to find a way to really underline the importance of that even more in our society because that's so foundational to the expression of our faith. Because, you know, we go to Mass on Sunday, come home, and then as a family, we attempted to live out that faith the rest of the week Mm -hmm. in whatever ways that we were called to. And I think that's really what it's all about. The one thing that I'd like us to highlight is that sense of 
Faith is something that we continue to nurture throughout our entire life. It's not just something that we got at baptism or just nurtured and helped along through our parents, but it's something we continue to develop and grow throughout our entire life until the day we die. Why do we need to continue to grow in faith? Because God wants the best of us. He wants us to be alive. He wants us to share his good news. And that involves a sense of maturity. Pope Francis makes reference to that in the joy of the gospel about how important it is for us to mature in the faith. And so we do that. We never fully arrive here in this life. We constantly need to be fed and led and grow in the faith. We're going to talk more about the pastoral letter in a moment, but we need to take a quick break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know that the Catholic Echo magazine is delivered 10 times per year to 52,000 Catholic households in Northeastern Ohio? That's more than 150,000 people. In the Catholic Echo website, catholicecho.org, has been averaging 30,000 views per month since it launched in February 2023. Advertise your business, special event, or service with the Catholic Echo in print or online. Email catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org. Advertising discounts are available for Catholic institutions as well as for businesses that commit to five or ten issues in a year. Email catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org or visit the Advertising tab at catholicecho.org for more information. Wondering what happened to timely Catholic news in the Diocese of Youngstown? It's at catholicecho.org. There you'll find recent stories about Catholic life in all six counties of the Diocese of Youngstown, plus recent videos, podcasts, and even national and global news. You'll find it all at catholicecho.org under the News tab. Sign up for the email newsletter while you're there to have Catholic news delivered to your inbox. The Catholic Echo is the media arm of the Catholic Diocese of Youngstown, and it seeks to inform and entertain Catholics in our six-county diocese by forging stronger connections to our parish communities and highlighting the many blessings of Catholic life in our region. If you have a story idea for the Catholic Echo magazine, podcast, or website, send an email to catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org. We'd love to hear your ideas. With me again is Bishop David Bonner, and we're talking about his pastoral letter, Practicing Faith, Hope, and Love, Living the Virtues Together in Tough Times. Let's focus now on hope. The title of that chapter on hope is Living Together with Newfound Hope. Sometimes we do lose hope. Oftentimes we lose hope. As we look at the dark times and the difficult times that many of us go through and many people are experiencing now, why is hope so fragile at times? Well, it's easy for us as human beings to become overwhelmed and to lose hope, especially when things are not going right. Yeah. And yet, if we're really true to our faith, we know that we are an Easter people, that after suffering and death, there is always the glory and the hope of the resurrection. And so our task as believers is to radiate that hope mm -hmm. in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds. And of course, it's always easier said than done. 
but we need to be people who are lights in the midst of darkness. You know, it's interesting as you were talking, one thing that came to mind was a seminary professor years ago when I was in the seminary, he said, we are an Easter people and Alleluia is our song. But he said, I remind us that we are also, and first, a Good Friday people, and Miserere is our song. You know, so there's that sense that out of this darkness, out of the despair, comes hope. And I can't help also but remember Francis of Assisi's, out of despair there is hope. And so how important is it for us to kind of draw deep within the wells of who we are to find that hope. But why do we need to help others find that hope and rekindle that within themselves? Well, I think it's important for us to radiate hope because we want to point people to Jesus Mm -hmm. and invite them into a deeper relationship with him. And of course, point to the fullness of the kingdom where we are one with God forever, where there's no restlessness, no despair, no darkness, but just a total refulgence of light. I think it's important for us to be people of hope because we can really succumb to the evil, the temptations, the negative forces that are just so real in our world today. Mm -hmm. And we need to be that voice. We need to present that vision of hope. You know, there's so many people that rely on us in the church to foster that hope and to give them that hope. What happens when we ourselves kind of lose a little hope and a little faith? What can we do as ministers to kind of rekindle that? Where can we go to specifically to have that newfound hope again within us? I think any leader, any minister in the church needs to recognize that in spite of their skill set or the grace of ordination, they're human being first. Mm -hmm. And as humans, we are prone to weakness, to despair, to darkness. It's a matter of being in touch with one's humanness and being able to acknowledge when there is a time of darkness. It's also important to be a person of prayer and to be able to have someone close by in one's life to help work through this darkness, be it a a good friend or a spiritual director or a mentor of some kind. None of us can do this alone. And then, of course, we need to be fed by the word and by the sacrament that feeds our hope. I think that it isn't over on the day of one's ordination. It just begins. And it's a roller coaster ride with many ups and many downs. But it's important in the midst of all of that to not only keep the faith, but Mm -hmm. to keep hope. You know, it's interesting because oftentimes when people experience like tough times or or darkness or or tragedy, they always say, well, where are you, God? Why have you done this to me? So I think that's kind of a lament that many people and many of us have gone through on different occasions. For example, when we celebrate funerals, you know, how people are really hurt and crushed because someone they love is gone. And so oftentimes they'll say, well, why did God take this person from me? Well, when you sit back and you understand that God really didn't do that, but there's other circumstances, there's human circumstances. So why is it important for us to really understand that God is still in control of this world? God is still leading the church. I think that's one of the messages of the psalmists. Mm -hmm. When we open up the scriptures and look at the psalms, 
There's a beautiful psalm that says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. There's also another antiphon from the Psalms that says, those who seek the Lord lack no blessings. But sometimes the Lord can seem so far away. I was at a dinner recently with a deacon who happens to be a pilot as well in our diocese. And he shared with us a little bit about what it is to fly a plane. And he was talking about leaving Jacksonville, Florida one evening, and he was about ready to level off on his way to beautiful Youngstown. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't help but notice all this lightning. And it was a bit of a mystery because the radar did not reveal any lightning. So he spoke with air traffic control, and air traffic control said, look, don't worry. That lightning is 60,000 feet up in the air, and it's like three states away from you. It's very far. And isn't that the way our relationship is with God, though, sometimes? Sometimes he can seem so far, and yet he's so near. Or he's so near, and sometimes he may seem so far. And I think it's important every day, and that's the beauty of prayer. We renew our belief that God is indeed with us and that God is in charge, and it's his church. You know, as Pope John Twenty-Third, after a long day, knelt down at his pray due to say his prayers, he just said, dear God, it's your church, I'm going to sleep. So it's, it demands faith and trust. You know, when we talk about hope and how oftentimes we kind of lose that sense of hope, sometimes we really need to recenter ourselves. And this past year, the diocese has really, and, and the, the bishops around the country have really been encouraging Eucharistic adoration and how important it is for us to focus sometimes even before the Blessed Sacrament. That is really something that we don't often do as Catholics. And yet there's this call for us to do that. How does personal Eucharistic adoration, how can that center us and help us with that virtue of hope? Well, I think it's an act of surrender. And it's basically saying to God, it's your world, it's your church, use me as you wish. I'm reminded of a poster when I was growing up that said, don't worry about this problem, that's my responsibility, and it was signed, God. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a matter of just simply be still and know that I am God. I think that some of our hopeless moments mm -hmm. happen when we, we lose sight that God is God and we are human. You know, oftentimes we like to be kind of the person in control. We want to be the general manager of the universe, and we forget that we are not in control of anything, that God is in control, and thank God that it's still God's world and that he is in control, and that should give us hope. Amen. We're going to take a quick break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The new Catholic Echo podcast will inform and entertain the faithful of the diocese by discussing various topics that are relevant in the church today. Bishop David J. Bonner begins the podcast with your host, Father Jim Corda, on the topic of the day, and then you'll hear from others with expertise on that topic. You can listen to the Catholic Echo podcast on Sundays at 6.30 a.m., on WHOTFM 101, WYFM FM 102.9, WQXKFM 105.1, or catch it online by going to catholicecho.org slash podcast. The Catholic Echo Podcast is produced by the Communications Department of the Diocese of Youngstown.
The Catholic Echo magazine is delivered free of charge to anyone who is registered at a parish in the Diocese of Youngstown, but subscriptions are also available for non-parishioners. A subscription costs $40 per year, and you can buy one for yourself or gift a subscription to a loved one. Email catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org for more information. Wondering what happened to timely Catholic news in the Diocese of Youngstown? It's at catholicecho.org. Sign up for the email newsletter while you're there to have Catholic news delivered to your inbox. Welcome back to our show. I'm talking with Bishop David Bonner. We've been talking about the pastoral letter, practicing faith, hope, and love, living the virtues together in tough times. We're going to focus on love now, that power of love. You know, oftentimes when I've had a funeral mass and I've said to people, God is love, and it's a difficult thing to understand when we're grieving, when we've lost someone we love. Why is love such a powerful virtue that really guides and directs everything and who we are? Love is God. You're right. God is love. And there's a mystery, there's a majesty, there's a moreness to that that just defies words. I remember as a kid growing up, my sister and I would race to the front door every afternoon for the evening newspaper. And I would go to the door waiting for latest sports news, and she was just so fascinated by this one, it was a cartoon of sorts, and it was entitled Love Is. Mm. And every day there was an image of what love is. And every day, for example, love is cooking a meal for your loved one. Every day it was something different. Mm -hmm. That really impressed me in the sense that love is, it's hard to concretize. I mean, Mm -hmm. look how many songs, how many poems, how many movies center around love. It's more than we can ever think or dream of. You know, I love the great command to love. Love God above all else and love your neighbor as yourself. That's really a general commandment. But then Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. There's an added dimension to that. And I'd like to kind of say that love your neighbor as yourself is really kind of a general human way of love. Loving one another as I have loved you is the Catholic Christian way of love. So there's something more intimate about that. Why is it important for us as followers of the Lord to love others as he has loved us, and how has he loved us? It's important because love is incomplete without accompaniment and without suffering. When we, if we truly love someone, we have to be open to suffering with them and for them, just as Jesus did for us on the cross. To love one another as he loves us is also to forgive. When I did weddings as a parish priest and did many weddings in my life as a parish priest, but in every homily, even though they all were different in their own way, but in every homily, I would always take a moment and invite them to gaze at the crucifix in the sanctuary and to let them know that this is what love truly is and that love is incomplete unless you're able to say and pray what Jesus said and prayed. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is the fullness of love. And if we can't demonstrate that forgiveness, then we're not loving as God desires us to love. It reminds me of, of a poem that was written many years ago about an elderly priest who goes into a darkened church, and he tells his folks, I'm going to talk about the love of God. 
and he pulls out a ladder and a lantern, and he climbs to the crucifix, which is hanging above the altar, and he shines the lantern on each of the five wounds of Jesus. Then he comes down into the sanctuary and breaks a silence and says, can we do any less? Mm. That's the love of God. Can we do any less? He's given his life for us. So how much more should we be giving our life for others? And that's really kind of the sense of unconditional love. You know, there's different kinds of love. There's love of brothers and sisters, love of family, love of spouses. But this unconditional love of God, that he loves us no matter what. Now, when you hear something like that, that does something to the human heart that nothing else can really do. How do we really understand that God loves us no matter what? That's a hard lesson for Mm -hmm. us as human beings to embrace. But for me, what always brings it home is every time I avail myself to the sacrament of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. When, after confessing my sins, my brokenness, I hear the priest say, and I absolve you of all of your sins. There was a person in our tradition many, many years ago, I don't recall which saint it was, but he said, confession is none other than the kiss of Christ. Mm -hmm. It's Christ's embrace of us, Mm -hmm. no matter what, with all of our warts, with all of our scars, with all of our blood, sweat, and tears, He's loving us. And we can only love to the extent that we allow ourselves to be loved mm-hmm. by God himself. You know, we're loved by him not only in that sacrament, but also in the Eucharist. When we approach the altar and mm-hmm. receive the Holy Eucharist, it's another way of Jesus saying, I love you. And then we need only to look around at the people in our lives who show their love to us. God is present there because where there is love, there is God. One of the words that comes to mind as you were talking is humility. You know, how often we really lack that virtue of humility for whatever reason. But if we're truly going to love one another as Jesus has loved us, and we're going to love our neighbors, we love ourselves, that demands humility. We must stand empty, naked before God with nothing else just knowing that he has first loved us. And then there's that sense of accompaniment. You've mentioned this often. Why is that sense of accompanying one another on the way to the kingdom as pilgrims so crucial for us? Love is not meant to be exclusive. Mm -hmm. It's not meant to be hoarded or kept in isolation. Mm -hmm. Love is at its fullest sense when it is shared and when it grows. And that's the beauty of community when we allow that love to permeate our circles of life, mm-hmm. be they family or parish. Let's go back and kind of recap faith, hope, and love. We know that the greatest of these is love. Why is that the greatest? Why love? Why charity? Why is that so crucial to who we are, not only as human beings in general, but as Christians in particular? I think the short and simple response is because God is love. Love is God. Love is God incarnate. Every time we love, we reveal the face of Christ, the heart of Christ. And that's why it's the most important, because love shows Christ to the whole world. And as we find ourselves as pilgrim people on the way to the kingdom, we want to certainly understand that theologically in those virtues of faith, hope, and love, that we're united with God, 
We're united with one another. We're united in the church. And that is what is calling us forward to be his people. Those of you who are with us that would like more information on the pastoral letter, which is entitled, once again, Practicing Faith, Hope, and Love, Living the Virtues Together in Tough Times, can go to catholicecho.org. The Catholic Echo Podcast is a production of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown in cooperation with Cumulus Media Youngstown. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Have a blessed day, and may God be with you.